If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, everybody. Uh, one of the disadvantages to recording a podcast or a video outside is there's bugs. And bugs, bugs love me. They just, they think I'm swell. And so anytime that I am outside, they just swarm right around my head. I'm sure that you guys can see them. Uh, if not, I can certainly see them. And if you see me waving my hands around from time to time, that's why. If you're listening to the show and you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Well, I'm outside recording the show today, and I'm very, very excited about that. But also, ah, go away, bugs. Anyway, we've got a lot to cover today. And because there's so much to cover, I probably am not going to spend too long on any one topic. Let's start with Nintendo. Nintendo has an Indie World Direct tomorrow. They don't call it a Direct. I call it a Direct. It's basically they are showcasing a bunch of indie games. The indie games are generally not going to be anything from Nintendo. They might like showcase something at the very end. Maybe something where they've licensed uh, their characters to somebody. Like when we had the people from uh, Necrodancer make a uh, what was it? Cadence of Hyrule, which was a really, really cool game. Uh, that, that's the kind of thing that could be on the Indie Direct. I'm recording this on the 10th. The Indie, the indie World is tomorrow. So I'm guessing that by the time you watch this, depending on how long it takes me to edit it, the Indie World will have already happened. Now, if there's really, really cool stuff that happens in the Indie World... Um, I will put out a bonus episode, not on the YouTube channel, but just on the podcast feed. There is a, if you're watching this on YouTube, there is a link in the, in the description down below that will take you to the podcast feed. So subscribe to the podcast and you can listen to it wherever you are. Uh, but that's, what's going on with the indie world. I am excited about that because I do love indie games and, uh, even if I end up playing those games on the steam deck, which is more likely because the uh, the ergonomics are just better. Um, I like it when Nintendo gives developers uh, that otherwise wouldn't have a place to showcase their stuff, a place to showcase their stuff. Moving on from the indie world, there's also related to Nintendo the, um, the fact that the, the Nintendo Switch hardware has now outsold the Wii U software. Now the Wii U is kind of like it was doomed. It was a it was a fantastic console. That Nintendo botched the marketing on and it basically got abandoned by third parties and didn't sell very well and because of that the uh, oh gosh that was loud uh, because of that the um, the Nintendo Wii U software also didn't sell very well which is why we get a lot of Wii U ports on the Nintendo Switch and I for one like that because a lot of people missed out on some fantastic games because like I said the Wii U is a good system. Uh, and you can tell me that I'm wrong in the comment section down below. Um, but the Nintendo Switch is selling so well that it has now outsold all Wii U software, which is just crazy. The Switch is clearly going to be one of the greatest selling consoles of all time. Maybe the greatest. 
Uh, it's just crazy how fast the Nintendo Switch is selling, and I think that Nintendo, they made the right move by going with a a hybrid console because you you can sell more than one to a family. You know, you 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 buy a PlayStation Five. News on that later. Uh, you buy a PlayStation Five for your house. You buy an Xbox Series for your house. You buy a Nintendo Switch for yourself and then your kids and then your wife and then you know everybody ends up with a Nintendo Switch and that means a whole lot of consoles get sold. All right. Let's move on to PlayStation. Now, I don't remember if it was last episode or the episode before, but I was talking about how Sony was doing something I don't know, they were up to some shenanigans when it came to the PS Plus uh, subscription stacking. So, for those of you that didn't see that episode, I will... uh, I'll I'll summarize it very, very quickly. Uh, Essentially, Sony announced their new version of PS Plus, which is a little like Game Pass, but with some differences, and I'm not going to get into that here. Um, But then, people were like, okay, well, I'm going to buy a bunch of cards for PS Plus... And stack all of those cards on my subscription before the price goes up. So the price is going up a little bit with this new version. And Sony didn't approve of that. Basically, they said, actually, I don't think that you should be allowed to do that. And so we're no longer going to accept those cards for now. And we will accept them later. And I said at the time, I said, boy, I'm not sure what they're doing. But I feel like they're up to no good. And it turns out that I was right. So let's say that you buy uh, a, a couple of years worth of PS Plus cards and you went to put them on your account and it said no. And Sony was like, you can do that after the new thing launches. So you, you paid for a couple of years at price X. Well, when it comes out fully, when the new version of PS Plus comes out completely, um, the the price for a year of PS Plus is going to go up. And so what Sony is doing is they are going to give you an equivalent to the amount of money that you spent. So if you spent $120, they will give you $120 worth of PS Plus, but that's going to be fewer months than if you were able to put the um, the cards on your account now. And while I completely see that, that Sony is justified in doing this, I still think it is a very, very bad move business-wise because all it's going to do is tick off your customers. And I think what Sony has decided is that they're, they're so big that... They can afford to tick off some people, and those people will just suck it up and take it anyway. And that's lame. Careful, Icarus. You're flying a little too close to the sun there. Um, But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's just a quick update on that. Um, Speaking of PlayStation, I finally, finally got my hands on a PlayStation 5. Big thank you. I'm not going to say the person's name uh, on the show, uh, but big thank you to you know who you are, who reached out to me and they said, hey, Bill, I know you wanted a PS5. I've got one. I'll sell it to you at cost. And I replied, I could never send you money without having it in hand. And I would never expect you to send it to me without um, without having the money in hand first. So thanks, but no thanks. And he said, well, 
Don't worry about it. I'll just send it to you. I trust you to pay me. Which, let's be honest, that was, I mean, I love that you trust me. That's just crazy. You're just asking to get ripped off. But I didn't rip him off. I sent him the money as soon as it arrived. Um, thank you so much. I've been playing it. I, I spent all weekend playing my, my PS5. I, uh, I have Final Fantasy VII Remake. I had that for my PS4 digitally, which meant that I got to upgrade to the PS5 version at no cost. So I've been playing that. And my son has um, Miles Morales Spider-Man. I haven't launched that yet, but that's like the next game that I'm going to play. And my question to all of you is, I got my hands on a PS5 now. What are the games that I have to play right away? Uh, Let me know in the comment section down below or at me on Twitter. uh, Because I'll be honest... Knowing that I didn't have a PlayStation, I really wasn't following the games that were exclusive to PlayStation for a while. Uh, But now I've got an Xbox Series, I've got a a PS5, and I've got a Switch, I've got the Steam Deck, I've got the Quadfecta? Is Is that the word? I don't think that's the right word. I've got the... I've got the big four, in my opinion, and I'm very, very excited because this is the first time in my entire gaming career, life, whatever it is, uh, it's the first time that in any of those that I've had all of the major systems. There's going to be somebody who's like, Bob, Bill, you don't have this thing. And you're right, I don't. But I've got the things that I'm excited for. And this also pushes me more into the direction of the PSVR 2 when that comes out. I know that there's people that are like, Oculus is the one to get. I don't know. I think I think that I might want to go with the the PlayStation version. But you know what? Let me know why I'm wrong in the comments down below. And uh, let's move on to one more Sony story, and then we'll talk about Steam Deck for a little bit. And that is, um, what was it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy 16. Uh, apparently, there's another trailer that's right around the corner, and that game is very, very close to launch. Uh, well, maybe not close to launch, but close to being done. And uh, it could not come at a better time now that I've got my hands on a PS5. I absolutely, 100% will be picking that game up on my PS5 on day one. I'm very excited for that game. And uh, I just hope it doesn't disappoint. Uh, Final Fantasy XV, I really did enjoy when I played it. But I did also feel a little disappointed um, in that. I like the combat in Final Fantasy XV was a little too far in this direction and I feel like they corrected back with Final Fantasy 7 Remake and I feel like the perfect combat system in my opinion is for Final Fantasy 7 Remake like I love that combat system um much more than Final Fantasy 15 but you know Square is going to update Final Fantasy or, or they're going to change the combat system again with 16 and I'm very interested to see what they're going to do so uh are you excited for Final Fantasy 16 now that it is um, imminent, if uh, if that's the right word? I don't know how this video is going to look, by the way. The sun is really, really bright, and I'm, I'm still learning how to use the ND filter on my camera. So uh, anyway, let's move on to Steam Deck. Um, it's, it's barely out the door, and most people who are... Most people who know about the Steam Deck don't have one. Most people don't know about the Steam Deck at all, and the people who watch this stuff intently, like you and like me, 
a lot of them are asking, what's, gonna, what's the next thing going to be? And I totally get it. I'm guilty of this myself. I love to speculate and prognosticate about what the gaming industry is going to do. It's fun to me. I think it's awesome. Um, but the Steam Deck is just barely out, and people are asking about the Steam Deck too. So let's talk about the Steam Deck too, Or better yet, let's talk about the upgrade cycle that we might see with the Steam Deck. Now, I think there's a couple of different ways that Valve could go, and uh, I don't think any of these are necessarily wrong. Let's start with, before I talk about the different ways that Valve could go, let's talk about the different customers. So let's have some imaginary customers. Customer A is me. They saw the Steam Deck, they pre-ordered it day one, they've got one in their hands. Um, then there's customer B who said, I, I saw what that is. It looks really cool. I'm going to wait for reviews though. Reviews came out in February, March, and they pre-ordered then. Those people are not going to have their Steam Deck for a very, very long time. And then there's customer C who is kind of tangentially aware of what the Steam Deck is. They definitely know what Steam is, but they... They don't really know what the Steam Deck is, and they're uninterested until they actually see one in the wild. In the wild. <laughs> and they get it in their hands. Um, so, how does Valve upgrade from Steam Deck to Steam Deck 2 to Steam Deck 3? Well, I think one way, and it's the way that I hope that they go, is they have a kind of a fast release cadence. And the reason why I would want them to have a fast release cadence is because then the Steam Deck is never really lagging too far behind in power. And so I think, in my opinion, the sweet spot for how often Valve should update the Steam Deck is every two years. And uh, here's, here's the reasons why. Because somebody is hearing me say this and they're like, Bill, I don't want to upgrade my Steam Deck every two years. Well, it's not for you. What I think, well, what I think is that when the Steam Deck 2 comes out, it's not for customer A or customer B. It's for customer C, who is only picking one up because they've seen it in somebody else's hand. Uh, maybe that's actually customer D, and we'll rewind and put customer C is somebody who um, really wants one but hasn't bought one yet, I guess. So customer C and customer D, that's what the Steam Deck 2 is for. And... Uh, then uh, the Steam Deck 3, that's for customer A and B. And the Steam Deck 4 is for customer C and D. And so you don't buy the Steam Deck every two years, even though it comes out on a two-year cycle. You buy it every four years, which is much more reasonable for a portable handheld uh, gaming PC uh, to buy it every four years because, well, first off, that's like 100 bucks a year. That's a pretty decent deal, in my opinion. And secondly, you don't want the power to get too far behind. And if you have a fast refresh cycle on your hardware and different people are buying it every time, the number of people who are buying each one is going to be lower, which means it's going to be easier for people to get their hands on it. Of course, there are going to be people who I'll call customer alpha uh, and they're going to buy every single one. They'll buy the first one and the second one and the third one. And they'll have a wall of Steam Decks behind them. And I don't know which one of those customers I am. Right now, I think I'm customer A. I don't see myself as needing another one in two years. But there's a lot of people who didn't buy one. And if they buy one in two years, 
it's already two years old, it's going to have trouble running those those super high-end games. I mean, sure, we can limit our frame rate. We can uh, uh, we can do other things in order to optimize the gameplay. But I think a two-year cycle is pretty good. Now, another way that Valve could do it, and I think that this is something that I wouldn't want to see, is to wait like the console cycle. And that would be a huge mistake in my opinion. Uh, I can understand why Valve would do it. It's definitely working for Nintendo Switch. They're selling so many Nintendo Switch right now that it's very um, enviable. Uh, might be the right word. It's very enviable that, that, that you might want to follow that pattern where the Nintendo Switch came out five years ago. It was already dated hardware when it came out five years ago, and it is still selling so fast that they cannot keep them in stock. And that is a position that a lot of people, I think, would like to be in. So maybe Valve does that, and I could understand if they did that, but I hope that they don't do that, because if they do that, then if you are one of the people who buys a Steam Deck in five years... Well, you're going to have a hard time running those games that you're going to be playing in five years. Of course, maybe you are super into indie games. I mean, it works for Nintendo, so maybe it's going to work uh, on the Steam Deck too. Let me know, what do you think is the best upgrade cycle for the Steam Deck? In the comment section down below or at me on Twitter. I'm very curious what your thoughts are on this. Uh, Leave those thoughts in the comments down below. Let's move on to Xbox. I said it before on the show, I'll say it again. Game Pass, in my opinion, is just one of the best, absolute best deals in gaming right now. I've played so many games that I otherwise would not have just because it was on Game Pass and I had access to it. But I also have a decent gaming PC. I have an Xbox. And because of that, I can take advantage of Xbox Game Pass. A lot of people don't have those things. And a lot of people, they just don't want to have the clutter underneath their their stuff and maybe they don't want to play on a Chromebook or something. They want to play on their TV, but they don't want to buy an Xbox. So what do they do? Well, Microsoft, I've talked about this on the show before, but Microsoft has said, look, we're going to sell, well actually, I don't know if they've said it, it's been rumored for a while, uh, that they were going to sell a Xbox game, Xbox cloud gaming streaming stick, which is essentially you go to the store you buy a controller, that controller comes with a, a, like a little dongle that you plug into the HDMI port on your PC, and then you play your games through Xbox Cloud Gaming. All right, I'm just actually gonna move it over here because the sun is like right in my eyes. Um, I think that Microsoft would do extremely well if they did that. Xbox Cloud Gaming has improved by leaps and bounds since it came out. It's still not as good as Stadia. It's still not as good as GeForce Now, but it is a lot better than it was when it first started out, and I can, it's only going to get better, I think. Uh, anyway, let's move on to a related story. Xbox Cloud Gaming now has Fortnite, and they're not the first ones to do this, but GeForce Now also has Fortnite, and you can stream Fortnite to your iOS device. If you have an iOS device, Fortnite is not available on that device anymore, and uh, that's because of a dispute between Epic and Apple well, if you have GeForce Now and you're in part of the, like, the Fortnite beta, then you do. Uh, you can play it on your uh, on your Apple device. Uh, but now Microsoft is going to also help Epic be the end around Apple's uh, eco store 
issues. I think the more ways that you give people to play video games, the better. Okay, these bugs are driving me absolutely crazy. So I'm gonna take the rest of these shows, these shows, these stories, and do them lightning round style. Uh, number one, Rocket League is bringing back voice chat. They took it away uh, a little bit ago and people were complaining and now it's coming back. I don't know why you would complain. I wouldn't use voice chat on Rocket League anyway. I would just use our community Discord, link in the description down below. Um, Summer Game Fest. We knew it was happening. It's more important now than ever because E3 is kaput. So Summer Game Fest is coming back June 9th. Looking forward to it. If I have time, I might do a live stream that day. So make sure you uh, subscribe and click the bell so you're notified when that happens. Um, Star Wars Battlefront 3 for the PSP apparently was a thing and people got their hands on it. Very cool that that existed. Um, I'm waiting for a, a sequel to Star Wars Battlefront 2, but I don't think we'll ever get one because of how badly EA botched the launch of that game. Notice I said how badly they botched the launch of the game, not how badly the game is, because the game is fantastic, and EA just screwed it up with all kinds of PR nonsense because they decided to try and monetize like what color your sneeze is or whatever. You know what I mean? It was just dumb, dumb, dumb. Such a bad move from EA. But DICE made a really, really fun game. Um, Gotham Knights. That's the game that takes place after Batman dies. And you play as either Robin, Nightwing, Batwoman, or the Red Hood, I think, if I'm correct in that. Anyway, that game was originally supposed to come to Xbox One, PlayStation 4, uh, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series and PC, and it's no longer coming to last-gen consoles. It will not be launching on uh, PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. That being said, I did see some footage. Doesn't look great. Um, the combat just seems kind of loose to me from the footage that they've shown. And one of the things that was just awesome about the Arkham games was the combat. And this feels like... They're spending too much time on making the characters look cool than making the combat feel cool, if that makes sense. I could be wrong about that, and I hope that I am, because I was looking forward to that game. And then finally, EA is not going to be launching the next FIFA. So you're like, well, who's launching the next FIFA? Nobody. EA is changing the name. They are rebranding FIFA after, I think, 30 years I assume it's going to be essentially the same game and the same people are going to be playing that game. I am not one of those people that's going to be playing that game. I don't really care about sports games all that much. And of the sports games that I would care about, soccer, sorry, football, is way down at the bottom of the list. I know that FIFA is like one of the biggest games in the world and people love that game. I don't because I don't follow soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Um... And so I just don't care about FIFA. But do you think... Uh, here's my question, and I don't know the answer. Do you think... One of, the, one of the reasons that FIFA gets ported to every single platform is that EA was contractually obligated to do so in order to maintain that license. If EA no longer calls it FIFA, do they then have to still do that thing where it launches on every single platform or do they just launch it on the platforms that they want to launch it on that is a sorry there's a bug on there uh that is a very interesting question to me 
because can they keep using the players without the FIFA name? Anyway, now I think it's going to be called EA Sports FC Football Club. Anyway, let me know what you guys think. That's it for today's episode of Games with Bill. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. You and all of the mosquitoes or whatever these little, you know, are out here. Thank you for hanging out with me. Well, thank you. The mosquitoes can get bent. Stay awesome, everybody. I'll see you on the next one.